presents Contrast. Your comments and questions will be greatly appreciated. Permission is given to record and copy the entire message. And now, here is Richard Bennett. I want in a compassionate way to contrast the wonderful believer, the Mary of Scripture, who is blessed among women forever, and the Mary that is presented in Catholicism. And to see this, because it's a delicate, difficult topic, but to try and see it with a desire to understand God's Word and to be able to reach out in love and kindness to those who are desiring to know the truth. The Catholic Church says about Mary, the Mary they proclaim, by asking Mary to pray for us, we acknowledge ourselves to be poor sinners and we address ourselves to the Mother of Mercy, the All-Holy One. That is the adulation and veneration they give to Mary. And it is amazing to see what they would say about her. The present Pope has totally dedicated himself to Mary. His motto is Totus Tuius, which is the abbreviation for Totus Tuius Sum Maria. I am totally yours, Mary. That is his motto for his pontificate and his person, that he is totally Mary's. In the year 2000, when we had the new millennium, on October the 8th, the Pope, before the statue of the Virgin of Fatima, consecrated the whole world and the millennium to the one he called Mary Most Holy. She is prominent in all the teachings of the Pope and she is a centerpiece in the lives of many Catholics so we should deal with this even the very world itself is mesmerized to some extent by Mary we will find Mary very commonly on the pages sometimes on the cover of Time magazine Newsweek or Life magazine and we will find weeping statues of Mary and particularly the apparitions of Mary spoken about often even in secular newspapers because this is a phenomenon that is worldwide. We have very many famous apparition sites here in the United States of America particularly in Denver, uh, Colorado, Lubbock, Texas and in Conyers, Atlanta, uh, other places as well. There's hardly a state where we don't have something to do with a Marian shrine or something to do with the apparitions. But we have all over the world the phenomenon of Mary appearing and giving messages usually to young children. So it is something that is 
it is dazzling to the eyes even of the public that there is a, a phenomenon in, in Catholicism whereby they not only speak about Mary but that this Mary herself speaks they say to people and some of these uh, apparitions of Mary are authenticated or that they are accepted officially by the Catholic Church the famous Archbishop Fulton Sheen known very well of old in Catholicism said the following it is our firm belief that the fears some entertain concerning the Muslims are not to be realized but that Muslimism instead will eventually be converted to Christianity and in a way that even some of our missionaries never suspect it is our belief that this will happen not through the direct teachings of Christianity but through a summoning of Muslims to the veneration of the Mother of God that Muslims could be won to Catholicism by getting them to venerate the Mary of Catholicism and sadly that that uh, statement by Fulton Sheen is actually what is happening and there's more and more uh, ecumenism or a seeking of unity between Islam and the papacy I've written a whole paper on that and it is uh, a very big part of what is happening in the modern world Islam and Roman Catholicism trying to join hands together and one of the big building blocks is the common veneration of Mary Mary as presented by the Catholic Church we have the famous Cardinal Ratzinger who is in charge of one of the departments of the Vatican and the congregation of the doctrine of the faith that is to keep people authentically Catholic and he in 1984 said that uh, one of the signs of our times is the announcements of Marian apparitions multiplying across the world he talked about the multiplication of the apparitions that more and more nations uh, are seeing Mary appear and you have just got to go on the internet and go to many of the Catholic web pages we have for example apparitions.org very easy to remember apparitions.org and you will find many of the apparitions spoken of and details given that apparition web page it says the last century and a half has seen numerous accounts of appearances of Blessed Virgin Mary Jesus himself is said to speak to a few of the seers some of the apparitions have received official approval from the Catholic Church some of these apparitions are authenticated and recognized officially by the teaching authority of the Catholic Church a sample of what is happening is in the very dramatic daily occurrences in Medjugorje many Catholics here in the United States go to Medjugorje uh, to look up at the sun and see the sun dancing and to see a, a lot of the other occurrences that happen in Medjugorje 
where on a daily basis we have Mary appearing. I'm quoting from the Medjugorje.org webpage. The apparition since 1981, millions of people of all faiths from all over the world have visited Medjugorje and felt spiritually strengthened and renewed. Our Lady continues to give messages to six young people from the village of Medjugorje. These six young people, referred to as visionaries, have had apparitions of the Virgin Mary since June the 24th, 1981. In addition to these messages, Our Lady is to give to each of the six visionaries a total of ten secrets or happenings that will occur on earth in the near future. Our Lady has promised to leave a supernatural, indestructible and visible sign on the mountain where she first appeared. When each of the six visionaries have received all ten secrets, Our Lady will stop appearing to them on a daily basis. So here we have real drama. And there's videos, books, tapes, and all sorts of things in the Catholic world whereby Catholics are caught up in the visions of Mary and what she has said to be done and what is our message and the prayers and adoration, uh, veneration that she asks for herself. Because of this adoration and drama and what is going on in the Catholic world and the way that the Catholic world has influenced even the secular media, uh, whereby we get ordinary secular magazines carrying things about Mary, I think it is important to get back to the official bedrock of official teaching of Mary to see what exactly the Catholic Church says about their Mary and is all this high drama warranted or is it, is it allowable because uh, what does the official teaching of the Catholic Church say, say? And I want to quote in the most part from the Catechism of the Catholic Church which is first-hand documentation. In spite of the fact that the scripture says my glory I will not give to another, the Catholic Church has attempted in its official teaching to parallel the life and roles of Christ Jesus and even of the Holy Spirit to the one they call Mary. And they do so in six distinctive ways. They parallel their Mary to the person and roles of Jesus Christ and even to the roles of the Holy Spirit and this is what I want to analyze the official teachings under these six different parallels. The first parallel is that of Christ Jesus utter sinlessness, holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. Christ Jesus is the only one who has human nature is totally sinless and utterly perfect. The Catholic Church gives the same prerogative to their Mary and they call her the Immaculate Conception, that is that she was conceived without sin 
and was sinless her whole life long. So that's the first parallel. The second parallel is that in the scripture we're told that grace and salvation are in Christ and in him alone. But the Catholic Church says that Mary has a place in salvation and that she is the mother of grace. And so that she has a role in the salvation of people. So that's the second parallel where Christ's office of grace and salvation is credited also to the Catholic Mary. The third is we know historically from the scriptures that Christ Jesus ascended into heaven and is now king of kings. Now the Catholic Church does the same to their Mary. The word is not ascended, it is assumed. She was assumed into heaven, they say, and that she is queen of all things. So we not simply have a king in heaven, we have a queen. And she was assumed into heaven just as he was ascended into heaven. She's body and soul, they say, in heaven. And then just as the scriptures speak about one mediator, that there's one name by which we must be saved, the Catholic Church says there is another one. A feminine mediator, they call a mediatrix. Now Christ Jesus promised that after he left that it would be good for us because he would send another advocate, a helper to be with us. And so these are titles that Christ Jesus gave to the Holy Spirit that he would be our helper, our advocate. The Catholic Church says officially that Mary is also our advocate and our helper. And then the sixth is the very attribute that distinguishes God from every other creature, that God is the All-Holy One, the Catholic Church declares that Mary is also the All-Holy One. So these are the six different headings in which we want to study Catholicism in its official teaching. The Catholic Church says the following, and I'm quoting from the New Catechism of the Catholic Church, this is official documentation. The new catechism published by the present Pope under Cardinal Ratzinger with the authority of all cardinals, all bishops and the Catholic Church worldwide and of course the Vatican in particular has published this book. So this is first-hand documentation from the Catholic Church. Reading about the sinlessness of Mary in paragraph 491 quotation. Throughout the centuries, the Church has become ever more aware that Mary, full of grace through God, was redeemed from the moment of her conception. That is what the dogma of the Immaculate Conception confesses, as Pope Pius IX proclaimed in 1854. The most blessed Virgin Mary was from the first moment of her conception by a singular grace and privilege of Almighty God and by virtue of the merits of Jesus Christ, Savior of the human race, preserved immune from all stain of original sin. So she has, in the words of the Catholic Church, been free from all sin 
from the moment she was conceived in her mother's womb. So we're not talking here about the virgin birth. We're talking about Mary's own conception. Not her birth, but her conception. And from the moment of her conception, they say she was without sin. And not simply that she was without sin, but then in paragraph 493, they say, by the grace of God, Mary remained free from every personal sin her whole life long. She never sinned. So, what do we say biblically in face of this? The claim that Mary is like unto Christ in being utterly sinless. What do we say in face of this from the scriptures? The scriptures say quite emphatically about all believers that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. God saves sinners and all have sinned. Every human being is born with a sin nature and has personal sin. And that's whom God saves. Joseph and Mary understood this themselves because we're told in the scriptures that they went up to Jerusalem. Joseph and Mary came to Jerusalem, we're told the scripture says, to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. That was as a burnt or sin offering. They recognized themselves as sinners. And so it is told in the scripture, they did what sinners do to recognize God as the one who takes away sin. And Mary herself proclaimed in her beautiful song called the Magnificat, she proclaimed the fact that she had a Savior. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She recognized God as her Savior, as all sinners do, who are saved by grace. She recognized God as her Savior. And so the scriptures are emphatic that she was, like all believers, saved by grace. She is blessed among women and blessed as an example to all believers, but not blessed on a power with Jesus Christ that there was none like Christ Jesus of being utterly sinless. And this is the concept where the Catholic Church begins its adulation or its veneration of a human creature that is to lead them to many other dogmas about her but that's where it all begins that they say that she was sinless now part of the sinlessness is the concept that she was always a virgin and this is part of the myth that she never committed sin it is part of the evolving myth of Mary and we're not talking about the virgin births we all as Bible believers know that Christ Jesus was born of a virgin that is a solid biblical truth attested to by the scriptures. We're talking about after the birth that she had other children. The Catholic Church says no. She 
was always a virgin. And so I'd like to read from the official teaching in the Catholic Church, paragraph 499, quotation. The deepening of faith in the virginal motherhood led the Church to confess Mary's real and perpetual virginity, even in the act of giving birth to the Son of God made man. In fact, Jesus' birth did not diminish his mother's virginal integrity, but sanctified it. And so the liturgy of the church celebrates Mary as, as I, Parthenos, the ever virgin. They say that their tradition in their liturgy, that is their prayers, always have recognized Mary as ever virgin. Now, this is something we have to take to the scriptures. What do the scriptures say? The scriptures say quite clearly that Jesus had brothers and sisters. For example, in the Gospel of Mark, it is said, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joses, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And in the Gospel of Matthew, it is declared, Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, his brothers James, Joses, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters? Are they not all with us? So the scripture is emphatically clear that Jesus had brothers and sisters. Now, the Holy Spirit gave us the Word of God in the Greek language, and the Greek language is utterly precise language. The word for brother, that is a physical brother, is adelphos in Greek. It means literally a from, and delphos the womb, out of the same womb. So it's, an, it's a graphic word in Greek, meaning that you've come from the same womb, you are a brother or a sister. So, that is the Greek word that is used in these texts, that Jesus had brothers from the same womb. Now, when the Greek New Testament speaks about cousins, it's anepsios. It's a totally different word. So, we cannot say that these were cousins of Christ Jesus because the word is used is distinctive word for brothers and then the distinctive word for sisters and it's the same for example when the Holy Spirit moved the Apostle he, he, we spoke about the brother of the Lord it was the very same word Adelphos that it was the physical brother of the Lord the word Adelphos is sometimes used of the general believers, but the context in Mark and in Matthew is such that it cannot be taken ex ex except in the literal sense, otherwise it makes no sense. It is only signifies the meaning because it's saying this is the carpenter's son, this is not Mary, his mother. It's talking about the physical 
relatives that came from Mary. So it is the exact literal meaning of siblings, the brothers and sisters of the Lord. And the Bible itself distinguishes between believers and the brethren or the brothers and sisters. For example, John's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 12 says, He, the Lord, and his mother, and the brethren, and his disciples. So it talks about the brethren and the disciples. So it distinguishes between the brothers of the Lord and the believers. Now the Catholic Church makes a desperate attempt to try and clear up what is biblically evident even in Catholic Bibles. It's there in black and white, so what do the Catholics do with it? And the Catechism gives the Catholic answer. It's an easy to remember paragraph. It's paragraph 500 of the New Catechism. It says the following. Against this doctrine, the objection is sometimes raised that the Bible mentions the brothers and sisters of Jesus. The church has always understood these passages as not referring to the other children of the Virgin Mary. In fact, James and Joseph, brothers of Jesus, are the sons of another Mary, a disciple of Christ, whom St. Matthew significantly calls the other Mary. They are close relations of Jesus according to an Old Testament expression. And so they're trying to go back to the Old Testament word for brothers and sisters and trying to say that these are the children of another Mary. But why this twisting of Scripture? Because the Scripture is clear. Is this not the carpenter's son? Are these not the children of Mary? It's talking about his mother and not another Mary. Why does the Catholic twist Scripture and say these are the children of another Mary? Because they want to lift Mary to a plane where she didn't have marital, ordinary marital relationships. They want to lift her to a plane where people can venerate her and where she can be a model to celibate priests and celibate nuns. They need her as a role model. And so if she were an ordinary married woman with children, she wouldn't be a model for Catholic celibacy. So she's needed as a role model to inspire girls to go into the convent and celibate priests to remain celibate priests. So they create this image that Mary was not one to have engaged in any marital relationships with her husband. So the scripture is different when you read it. Mary was honored in her marriage just as she was honored to be the mother of the Lord. Because we are told in scripture, in Matthew's gospel, when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Before they came to God, together, intimating that they did come together. And we're told also in 
scripture, then Joseph took to him his wife and did not know her till she brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. She did, he did not know her till. So the whole implication is that he did know her and the names are given of the children. And so the clarity of scripture is emphatic. Yet the Catholics uphold their tradition and a big part of their tradition goes back to the famous Thomas Aquinas. He was a Dominican. I was in the Dominican order and of course our teachings were based on Thomas Aquinas. He asked the question whether the mother of God took a vow of virginity and he answered Christ's mother did not do this until she was espoused to Joseph. After her espousals, however, by their common consent, she took a vow of virginity together with her spouse. Thomas Aquinas said that she took a vow of virginity and so did Joseph. There's no mention of it in the pages of scripture. It is a Catholic tradition. And Catholic apologists will speak very highly of their tradition but the scriptures are totally different Joseph was commanded by God to take unto himself his wife it was God's commandment words of scripture thou son of David fear not to take unto thee thy wife he was commanded by God to take his wife he obeyed God. If he did not take his wife and know her as a wife, he would have sinned against God. Joseph, like all husbands, was to obey God's commandment. Let thy fountain be blessed. Rejoice in the wife of thy youth. Let her be as a loving hind, a pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and be thou ra ravished with her love the commandment of God to husbands in the pages of scripture marriage is honored by God it is commended but in the Catholic Church it is virginity that is exalted so the Catholic Church has exalted their tradition and their role model in face of what the scripture says and there is a looking down as it were on marriage that state of celibacy is a higher call in which you can get closer to God and the role model of course is Mary the scriptures speak about her as the wife of Joseph and it names her children and Joseph was obedient like all men to the words of the Lord so men ought to love their wives as their own bodies he that loveth his wife loveth himself and had Mary taken a vow of virginity she would have sinned against God because she would have been elevating celibacy or, or virginity as a higher form of life than what she had entered by her vows to her husband she would have been breaking her vows to her husband she would have sinned against God. 
And so part of the myth of the sinlessness that the Catholic Church has created is this idea that Mary was a perpetual virgin. And that is part of how they build up this veneration for Mary. Mary is blessed among women and blessed in her marriage and a role model for men and women blessed forever as a role model of a faithful woman but she is not placed on a par with Christ Jesus as a sinless, utterly sinless one and it is not sinful to be married and have marital relations that is blessed of the Lord and she was blessed in that way too as the scripture shows so quite clearly a different Mary is presented in Catholicism the second parallel is that Christ Jesus glorious work is finished and that he is the one who is full of grace and truth and in whom there is salvation Catholic Church teaches differently in paragraph 968 of the Catechism they say the following quotation her role in relation to the church and to all humanity goes still further in a wholly singular way she cooperated by her obedience faith, hope and burning charity in the Savior's work of restoring supernatural life to souls for this reason she is a mother to us in the order of grace and so now grace has a mother in Catholicism Mary is a mother to us in the order of grace in the scriptures grace is from God in Christ Jesus who is full of grace and truth all that went before Christ typified what was to come all that has gone after him typify that he alone is full of grace and truth as we trust on him alone we have eternal life but the Catholic Church has a mother of grace this is denying the very office of Christ Jesus as the one who is full of grace and truth the Catechism continues in paragraph 969 the motherhood of Mary in the order of grace continues uninterruptedly from the consent she loyally gave at the Annunciation and which she sustained without wavering beneath the cross until the eternal fulfillment of all the elect and so she continues they say in her role in the motherhood of grace God's act of saving and justifying does not have a mother it's who God is in Christ Jesus to redeem us it doesn't have a mother there's no motherhood involved it is who God is in Christ Jesus to save his people from their sins the Catholic Church goes further to quote Saint Irenaeus it says by being obedient she became the cause of salvation for herself and the whole human race they say that Mary became the cause of her own salvation and of the salvation of the whole human race this is to take from the office of Christ 
and it is to take most seriously from the love of God the scripture says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on him should not perish but should have everlasting life this is the love of God is the original cause of salvation and they put Mary as the cause of salvation for herself and the whole human race so this is speaking against God and that is the strictest sense of blasphemy it's to speak against the person of God in the most serious topic possible how God loves the world to imply that we have another cause of salvation is to take from who God is and it's to take from the message of salvation so that Catholic precious people are deceived in the very message that would free them from their sin and that is as serious as you can get salvation by God's grace is in Christ alone and not in any human person the third parallel is Christ's ascension into heaven and his being king of kings the Catholic Church declares that Mary is assumed into heaven paragraph 966 the official words of the church finally the immaculate virgin preserved free from all stain of original sin when the course of her earthly life was finished was taken up body and soul into heavenly glory and exalted by the Lord as queen of all things so that she might be more fully conformed to her son the Lord of lords and conqueror of sin and death the assumption of the blessed virgin is a particular a singular participation in her son's resurrection and an anticipation of the resurrection of other Christians and so they say that Mary was assumed body and soul like Christ ascended she was assumed and as he is king she is queen of all things now this is in spite of the fact that in the Bible there's no mention of Mary being assumed there's not even an inclination that way there's nothing about her bodily going to heaven and it's not even an early tradition it was in some of the early Gnostic teachings or the apocryphal teachings in the, one of the first heresies that hit the Christian world the Gnostics believed in the assumption of Mary and this is admitted even by Catholic scholars for example the famous Ludwig Ott says the following the idea of bodily assumption of Mary is first expressed in certain transitous narratives of the 5th and 6th century even though they are apocryphal they bear witness to the faith of the generation in which they were written despite their legendary character clothing the first church author to speak of the bodily ascension of Mary in association with the apocryphal transitus is Gregory of Tours 594 end of quotation so even this famous Catholic author admits 
that the source of this teaching was apocryphal it actually was Gnostic it was heretical the tradition has an heretical background it has no scriptural background how could anybody hold for it because it was declared to be a dogma in 1950 in the Catholic Church and if you do not believe this dogma as a Catholic you've committed a mortal sin and you're damned to hell so it's a, an official dogma that if you don't believe it you're not Catholic and you've committed a mortal sin so that's how serious it is it's not a lesser doctrine it is a dogma of the Catholic Church it is one of those things that we have to deal with because we do not have a queen of heaven the scripture speaks in derogatory terms in the prophet Jeremiah of those who worshipped a queen of heaven Jeremiah the prophet said the children gather wood the fathers kindle a fire women knead their dough to make their cakes to the queen of heaven and to pour out their drink offerings unto other gods that they may provoke me to anger that's what the, the scriptures speak about the queen of heaven as an abomination to God but this is where the Catholic Church lives all of us who were Catholic know that the main prayer after the rosary was the hail holy queen what did we say hail holy queen mother of mercy hail our life our sweetness and our hope that our sweetness and our hope was in the Queen of Heaven it's amazing that if you go to your Bible and open the books of Revelation you will see there's a description given of Heaven the throne of God there's a throne on Heaven and God is on the throne and the Lamb Christ Jesus is there on the throne surrounded by the elders and the worshipping elders falling down and the angels praising God there is no mention made of a queen in the pages of scripture when the picture is given of heaven why? because that would have been an abomination to God I am the Lord that is my name and my glory I will not give to another so quite clearly there is no queen of heaven but the Catholic Church sets up Mary as Queen of Heaven the fourth parallel is utterly serious too because the scripture says emphatically that there is one mediator between God and man the man Christ Jesus one meaning one there's no other name under heaven given to men by which they must be saved Christ said I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me it's all singular one one way one name one mediator the Catholic Church does not know one it knows two to give an exact quotation from paragraph 969 of the New Catechism therefore the Blessed Virgin is invoked in the church under the titles of advocate, helper, benefactress and mediatrix 
Mediatrix is the feminine word for mediator, feminine mediator, that she is a feminine mediator, that she is one to lead people to God. And this is where the Catholic Church in actual fact lives. Many of us, of course, look to her rather than to Christ Jesus. We pray to her, you know, all those prayers in the Hail Marys and the Rosary. And then we had the famous prayer, the Memorari. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy aid, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided, inspired of this constant, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. That God may fail, or Christ may fail, but she never fails. So that the mediatrix was so important in Catholicism. And the apparitions of Mary show her as a mediator. In Fatima, she was declared to be a mediator. In the different apparitions here in Denver and in Atlanta, she's mediator. She's a co-priestess too. And this co-priestess, co-mediator at Fatima said, quotation, Many souls go to hell because there's nobody to pray or to, sac or sacrifice, to, to sacrifice or pray for them. Her message was that you've got to sacrifice yourself for your sins. That is a message that is from the pit of hell because scripture says that he by himself purged our sins. He took on himself our sin nature and our sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It is Christ alone who by his death is the mediator. But the apparitions point people to another mediatrix and the apparitions are consistent whether they are in Denver, Colorado or in Atlanta or in Lubbock, Texas or in Europe they say the same message that you suffer for your sins they talk about the mediatrix who has come down from heaven and queen of heaven and co-priestess they tell a wrong message, they give a wrong origin, they say it's from heaven, and they give a wrong identity. They call it Mary, where it's giving a message from the pit of hell that you can save yourself by your sufferings. Now there are many, many books written to explain away the false apparitions and I don't have time to go into detail but I would recommend you to some books we have here today are available like Grave and Bread or Mary Quite Contrary written by Tim Kaufman or on our webpage you will see Messages from Heaven a book about the Marian apparitions and if you study you will see that they are assignments to put somebody in league with a demon 
and his message. They are not messages that lead to life. They are messages that lead a person into works righteousness and listening to false spirits. It is, the scriptures say that Satan would manifest himself as an angel of light. And it is really fearful to see Satan masquerade as the wonderful Bible believer Mary. But that's what is happening and it's why it should move our heart with compassion. Because this is high drama in Catholicism. There's always something happening somewhere to keep publishing on the web pages some new message from Mary. But it's always the same lie. But it's clothed in new terms a new drama of what secret has been given to the children here or there or the young people who receive the messages. This is utterly serious. Then there is the parallel. Jesus said there would be another advocate and a helper. Now this is beautiful for the believers that Christ left, but it was expedient. He said that I go because I will send an advocate, another advocate. And who is he speaking about? The divine Holy Spirit who would come, lead us into all truth, convict us of sin, righteousness and judgment, who would be the one who would use the scripture to show us that we are sinners, to draw us unto God. The divine Holy Spirit is the advocate, the helper. The Catholic Church takes these precious titles of the Holy Spirit and applies them to Mary. And they say in the same paragraph that I quoted that she is the advocate and the helper. These are divine titles of the Holy Spirit. And this is the strictest possible definition of blasphemy. To speak against the divine Holy Spirit is to speak directly in opposition to God. And to say that a human person has the office of advocate or helper is to say that they have taken the office of the very person of the Holy Spirit. But that is the teaching of the Catholic Church, that there are these offices of the Holy Spirit that are given to a human person. The part that is most difficult to deal with is the final parallel where the Catholic Church parallels Mary to the attribute of God that is distinctively God's own. In the scripture there is only one who is the All-Holy One. It is the definitive, distinctive attribute of God. God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, unchangeable in his being wisdom, holiness, justice, and truth. But of those, the holiness is the distinctive factor. So much so that thrice, three times, it says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. There is none holy as the Lord. There is none like unto thee. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, or glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. 
These are exact words from God's, exact quotations from God's word, that there is none holy as God. Because this is who God is. The very reason why we need to be saved is God is all holy and we are not all holy. We are in sin. The distinctive feature of God that separates God from everything else is the fact that he is the thrice holy one. And the official catechism of the Catholic Church gives this to Mary. They say, paragraph 2677, by asking Mary to pray for us, we acknowledge ourselves to be poor sinners and we address ourselves to the Mother of Mercy, the All-Holy One. There's no footnote, there's no disclaimer, it's as it is printed. The All-Holy One. The same catechism says that God is the All-Holy One, but now they say Mary is the All-Holy One. It's capital letters. Check the book itself. And then in paragraph 2030, it says, From the church he, that is the baptized Catholic, learns the example of holiness and recognizes its model and source in the all-holy Virgin Mary. The source of holiness, they say, is this human person. That means the beginning of justification and sanctification is in a human person. That is utterly to speak against God. God alone is the source of holiness as he justifies, as he saves, as he sanctifies. So this is really hard and I know that this is a painful topic but I think it is necessary that we have addressed it. If you are Catholic and holding to these things I appeal to you, who are you to serve? Either the God of your tradition or the God of Scripture, the one who is proclaimed in the pages of Scripture and the message of God's truth. This is of utter seriousness. Do we believe that it is Christ and Christ alone who saves? Do we believe that he is the only sinless one? Do we believe that he substituted for the, for the sins of the believers? Do we believe that he alone is King of kings and Lord of lords? There is no one on a par with him. And certainly not the humble virgin of Nazareth who bore him as a virgin and later on was the wife to Joseph. It is not she who is blessed among women. She will be the first to say, like she said in the Gospels, whatever he says to you, do, do it. She pointed to Christ, not to herself, like she does in the apparitions. It is to look to Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. We appeal to you that you look to Christ and Christ alone. And this is utterly serious because what has been attempted is to parallel God and his, his very roles in a human person. That is the height of idolatry. I am the Lord, that is my name and my glory I will not give to another. So God is God. 
and we say these things with compassion and love to Catholics that they would hear the voice of the Son of God and that they would look to Christ and that we would see many thousands more Catholics come like we have in the past come unto the Lord because there is life and we thank God that he calls out many unto himself and that is my sincere prayer and wish to you and that you would know him who is life and as you look unto him you would have that eternal life now and forevermore and that your praise and worship would be only unto him to the Lamb and to the Father be praise and glory and worship and honor now and forevermore Amen and Amen Thanks for listening If the Lord touches you we'd love to hear from you Visit our website at www.bereanbeacon.org Goodbye and God bless you